You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Monday, December 11th. I'm Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News out of downtown Conroe, Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1. And it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood today. We've had all kinds of weather in the last week and snow. Whoever expected that? So, you know, kind of a lot of crazy stuff's been going on here. We had that thing called Harvey. No bad intents there to my guest named Harvey. But we had that. The Astros winning. We had snow. Okay, so I guess it's kind of expect the unexpected and we'll see what happens. But hopefully we'll make it through the next couple of weeks through 2017 with some great memories. So my guests today are going to be all about the drug court. There's uh, Judge Phil Grant of the 9th District Court, and he's also a partner in the drug court with Judge Patty McGinnis of the 435th District Court. And we will have some of their clients that have graduated from the uh, program. And I can't wait to uh, talk to them and hear about their story and how they got involved and uh, the success that they're seeing at this point in their lives. So before we get to that, though, of course, we're going to update you on things that have been going on in the last week and uh, some fun stuff that you can look forward to by the end of the week. So the parade, of course, the Kiwanis-hosted parade, the annual parade, was went through downtown Conroe on Saturday at 1 o'clock, and they had almost 100 entries. It was a perfect day for a parade. It started out about 30 degrees and ended up about, I don't know, high 50s or 60s with camel rides, train rides, um, all kinds of fun things. There was a snow sled. Yeah, not like the snow that we had previous to that, but there was a snow sled, and there were some other things. Of course, there was Santa at the Conroe Celebration Festival, and that went on from 11 to 5. And there were vendors. There was about 50 vendors there. So I think it was a great day. Everybody had a lot of fun, and it was all free. Yes, we like free. Families love free. So going forward this week, we still have some things going on. Uh, We have the continuation of Christmas is Forgiving. The Conroe Art League has teamed up with Homestead House Furniture and the Salvation Army to donate 20% of all their sales to Toys for Kids project. And they are going to be buying new bikes for kids and toys for local kids that may not otherwise be receiving gifts through December. So again, that's the Conroe Art League and Homestead Furniture here in downtown Conroe. 20% of all their proceeds for the month of December will go towards Toys for Kids, uh, a partnership with the Salvation Army. The Montgomery County Choral Society will present their annual Christmas show at 7.30 Friday night at the First Baptist Church of Conroe. That should be a lot of fun. The orchestra, the Conroe Symphony Orchestra, just performed uh, at Conroe High School Saturday night. And to be honest with you, I really wanted to go, but I was so exhausted from being outside all day and then basically running the parade because it went faster than it ever did. I, I was too exhausted, but I hear it was wonderful. So if you get a chance to go out to... Uh, the Coral Society, or to come downtown Conroe. In fact, we gave awards last Saturday for the window decorating contest, and this is the third year we've done that. So the recipients for the window decorating, we have Gail Burke with Mimi's on Main. She won Best Use of Theme, and that was voted on by Conroe City Council and the mayor. Most Creative went to Janice Parrish of Brandley Jewelers, If you haven't seen these windows, you need to go by and look. And you can go by in the daytime, but the nighttime is really what brings it. It is lit up so nice in downtown Conroe, starting with Heritage Park with the tree all the way through downtown and the lights on the rooftops. You really don't want to miss it. It, It's it's free. It's fun. It's cool. It kind of gives that whole Hallmark small town experience. So Bramley Jewelers is, did you know they are the oldest jewelry store in Montgomery County? They're over 80 years old. So go in there, check it out. They have a lot of creative designs. They can take an image or a picture and design something special and memorable for your loved one for Christmas. And then finally, the Mayor and People's Choice Award was the same person. It was Deborah Cruz of Designs by Deborah, and she is a new tenant to downtown Conroe. Her location is on the corner of Metcalf 
and Maine. So she her she has an awesome display in her window that when you go by at night and you see it all lit up, it really looks spectacular. So again, we have uh, Mimi's on Maine, Bramley's Jewelers, and Designs by Deborah Cruz. Go by and check it out, but also check out the rest of the uh, downtown merchants designs, the Owen Theater, the Crichton Theater, Conroe Coffee, which is right next to us, of course, Cowtown Couture, all of them. Um, Red Onion on the Square, they've all decorated their, their venues, so go check it out. So tonight, Fred McIntosh with Charles Peters will be at the Red Brick Tavern at 7.30 and open mic with Corner Pub with Caleb and the Homegrown Tomatoes, as always, on Monday nights and that is also a free thing. You know, we have three venues in downtown Conroe for live entertainment. Every Friday and Saturday night, you can get live entertainment from the Corner Pub in Conroe, or you can walk across the street through the Red Brick Tavern, or you can go to Pacific Yard House. They all serve food, and then they have live entertainment. Pacific Yard House is our newest one, and they have a capacity of over 250 people that they can get in there. And they have 10 TV screens. 10. Inside and outside. So, if you are looking for a place to host a party, any of those places would work. And there's also Martin's Hall is another venue in downtown Conroe. So, continuing on, Friday night, we have Brian Pounds at the Red Brick Tavern. Room Sounds with Hannah Kay at Pacific Yard House. Uh, continuing with the performance, this is the last weekend of uh, the performances to the th two theaters. A Charlie Brown Christmas and Little Women. And each Christmas, both theaters, the Stage Right of Texas and Players Theaters, host something that is a family-oriented uh, performance Christmas. I went and saw Charlie Brown Christmas Friday night, and it was wonderful. These kids, some of them have never acted before, and it was a lot of fun. So that is this weekend, a Friday night, Saturday night, and a Sunday performance. I believe they added one more performance to the Charlie Brown Christmas. So go and see those uh, this last weekend for that. And then Saturday night, you can see Zach Wilkerson at Pacific Yard House, Mark and Don at the Red Brick Tavern, and Texas Johnny Boy at the Corner Pub. Sunday is Gospel Sunday Brunch at the Red Brick Tavern with the Jim Sloan Trio. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and hear, hear from Judge Phil Grant and some of the past people in drug court, Margie Taylor, Conroe Culture News. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Attention movie lovers, The Ticket Stub is a new radio show servicing Montgomery County that is meant for you. The Ticket Stub is available live every Thursday at noon on FM 104.5 and 106.1, as well as anytime on IRLoneStar.com. Connor and Dick will let you know what's coming out in the theater, what is worth streaming, and what's going on in the world of film. The Ticket Stub, your home for movie talk. News from downtown Conroe, Lone Star Community Radio. I'm your host, Margie Taylor, for this hour of fun, entertainment, and newsworthy content. Of course, you can listen at FM 104.5, 106.1, or IRLoneStar.com. Listen now! But there will be a podcast, YouTube video of this show, SoundCloud link, all of that um, sometime soon. <laughs> tomorrow night or somewhat and we will share that on conroe culture news taylorized pr facebook and uh possibly even the people my guests on my show will share that so we're starting off with uh judge phil grant and he is also a judge of the ninth district court but he's also partners with drug court with judge patty mcginnis who's at the 435th district court so uh and then we have uh some past uh 
participants of the drug program. They're going to share their story. So we're going to listen to Harvey Schultz. He was a uh, participant with um, Judge Grant. And uh, Gary Prince was a participant in Judge McGinnis's court. So welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. <laughs> this is going to be fun, seriously. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Judge, as yes, we're ma'am. waiting on um, Judge Patty to come, tell me a little bit about drug court and how did you get involved in it? Well, the drug court in Montgomery County started in 1999. Um, so it's been around about 10 years. These programs started coming onto the scene about that time. Uh, most people know that before I took the bench in 2000, uh, 2016, um, I was a prosecutor for 20 years, and these really have been developing during that time period. And what we've learned uh, is that if we really want to focus on rehabilitation in the criminal justice system for folks that are dealing with addiction issues, prison and jail time is really not the way to do it. You really have to invest in them. You have to get involved with their lives. You have to spend some time, uh, energy, and resources uh, to uh, figure out what's going on that's led them in that lifestyle and helping them learn some skills to get out of that lifestyle and get back to productive level of society. And the studies have shown that these drug court programs are way more effective in reducing recidivism and providing success than any type of incarceration. And frankly, for a conservative Republican like myself, uh, it's the way more fiscally, fiscally responsible way to do it. It's cheaper. You know, it saves the taxpayer money. We like that. We do like that. And, <laughs> you know, obviously the number one most important thing is we get these people uh, that are dealing with these addiction issues through it and past it and into becoming productive members of society. But if you can do it in a way that's fiscally responsible, then that's, I think that's important too. So how did you get picked to be involved with this? Did you choose to do this? Uh, I really was motivated to get involved from the get-go. Um, when you see how successful they are, uh, as the first assistant district attorney, I saw the program and saw how successful it was. And um, so I was motiva- motivated to get involved. I didn't think I was going to have the opportunity to get involved for a while. I thought maybe they were going to let me get my he- feet wet for a couple of years before they uh, let me t- take the reins on one of these programs, but Judge McGinnis had the drug court for a while. It was growing. She had over 80 participants. And to be honest with you, that was really too much for one court to handle. Um, You know, one of the things that these guys have to do is is spend a lot of time at the drug court and in the courtroom. Uh, We visit with them, you know, once a week in the beginning and then later on. So we split up the drug court. Judge McGinnis came to me and asked me if I'd be willing to take some of the participants. I said, yes. Um, and we divided it up by age. She has the younger participants, and I have the folks that are a little bit more seasoned in their lives. Um, and what does seasoned mean? Well, you know, <laughs> folks that, uh, folks that, my folks typically have families. Um, they have, they maybe have been in the workforce for a while. Uh, they're a little bit older, and so they're, they just, you have to deal with them a little bit differently, I think. You know, the thing I think that they, my participants like more than anything is let me get on with my life. Let me work. Let they me, want to move forward. They want to move forward. They want us to uh, minimize the inconvenience that gets in the way of their, their working. Some of the younger guys, you know, they don't really have basic life skills. They've never, they're, they're still in school. They don't know how to balance a checkbook. They don't know how to apply for a job. Uh, they've probably they maybe have never lived a life of sobriety ever. Maybe drugs have been a part of their lives for a long, long time. Um, So the younger folks uh, require maybe a little bit more hands-on approach than my guys do. It's just a different way to deal with it. It's a different way to approach it. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we, right now I have everybody over the age of 30. We're going to tweak that a little bit, maybe go down to 26 or 27 uh, here in the near future, I think. Uh, And Judge McGinnis handles the younger folks that are maybe in their, their lower tw- low 20s, maybe late teens. We do have some folks that are 17, 18, 19 that are in our drug court program. And 17 is the minimum age, correct? 17 is when you're an adult for the criminal justice system purposes in Texas, yes. So sitting here with you, we have uh, Harvey Schultz. Hello, Harvey. Hello. And uh, we have uh, Gary Prince, who is out of Judge McGinnis's court, right, guys? Yes, ma'am. Hello. Okay. So, uh, 
you know, I have some information, but it's always better to hear your story. So the, there's an acronym for this, right? It's called Care Assisted Rehabilitation Experience, which are all big sure. words. Yeah, right. Care. Sure. Care. So tell me, um, Harvey, how did you even know about this program? Um, I had just over over time had heard about it. And, you know, I never, ever thought that I would get into it with my record and everything, you know. But uh, I... I had been wanting to, you know, get sober for a while, but I was literally afraid to get sober. You know, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how I would be, or I was just afraid of myself sober. I didn't know how it would be, you know, but. Uh, so how did you find out about it? Um, being being in jail. <laughs> you okay. Hear, you hear so about, tell me a little bit of your story. Okay. Uh, well, I was addicted to meth for almost 20 years, and, you know, I got eight felonies. I've been in and out of jail and prison for, you know, the past 15 years or so. And this last, you know, charge I got was, you know, pretty much my last, my last chance or, or I was going to be locked up for a long time. And, you know, I had been wanting to get sober for so long. I just didn't know where to start or how to, how to do that or what, what I needed to do for myself. And then, you know, uh, Judge Hamilton, being the nice lady and judge that she is, she saw something in me, I guess, because I came to her and told her, you know, I have a drug problem. I need some help with it. And she said, well, we have a program for you. And it's drug court, and you think you can do it? And I said, yes, ma'am, I think I can do it. And, you know, that, the drug court was just like the extra push that I needed, you know, the extra, you know, with the accountability of the program and, you know, the, how personal it is with, the, with your, you know, with the judge and your diversion officer. You know, it's just a great program. What's a diversion officer? Um, you know, the officer that you check in with, every, you know, every week. And, okay. You know, the one that you're... Your accountability partner, so to speak. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So folks like Harvey, when they get into the program, they're assigned basically a case manager that's with the drug court program. And a lot of these positions and a lot of the, the funding is grant funded because these programs are so successful. We Montgomery County has several grants that support the Veterans Court program, the drug court program, mm -hmm. and the DWI program now. Um, so he'll immediately, they'll immediately start going to group counseling. They do individual counseling if it's necessary for a while. Uh, they have in the group counseling, they're there with the other folks from the drug court program, providing each other accountability, talking to them. You know, Harvey says, I didn't know how to live sober. I mean, he hadn't lived sober for 20 years. And that's a long time. That's a long you don't time. look that old. <laughs> yeah, I'm, th I'm 36. So, okay, so you started using meth time. when you were 16? Yes, sir. I mean, you know, that's what I love about this program is, you know, we see these guys on the other side of sobriety and they, we have a lot of people that say, you know, I've never been sober. Uh, you know, I started using drugs when I was 10 or 11 or 12. My parents were drug addicts. Um, you but know, just, you just want to help them, right? As well, much, if you can, if, if you they're can, if they're like agreeable. Harvey and they're sincere about wanting to make a life change, they're, the f I, I'd rather give it a shot. You know, I've, I've, I've a couple guys in our program that, that are like Harvey that have extensive criminal history. Um, and typically on the face of, of their, their file, for lack of a better word, when I was a prosecutor, there's no way I would put them on probation, no way that I would put them into a program. Um, you know, but one of the things that helps me coming from the district attorney's office is you know, the district attorney's office knows that if somebody like Harvey comes into my program and they're just messing around, I'm going to take care of it. You know, but, but Harvey, on the other hand, comes in. He didn't have a single violation the entire time he was in the drug court program. How long is it? How long is the program? Um, well, the program generally takes, you know, 12 to 13 months or something like that. And then, uh, you know, that's if you don't mess up. So it could and he long. didn't. So, he, you know, he was uh, exceptional. He obviously really wanted to change. And I think that's the key. You know, the success to these programs is tied to the sincerity of the participants. It's important to put people in the program that are really dealing with their addiction issues and not people that are in the uh, drug dealing type lifestyle, uh, because that can endanger not only, uh, they're not going to be successful in the program probably, but it also endangers the folks that are in there that are sincere. Um, so when you put the right people in it and you get the right staff like we do with the Montgomery County Drug Court personnel, uh, you're going to have lots of success stories like Harvey. He's really just one of many, many, many that have been helped by these programs. When did you graduate? Um, I graduated in September. In September? Yes, ma'am. Right after the storm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Harvey storm. Mm -hmm. So had you had any felonies? Oh, yes, ma'am. I had uh, eight. So, and that's why you were in prison. But I thought you couldn't have a felony if you were in this program. How does that work? 
you can have uh, you're eligible for the program as long as you don't have any violent criminal history okay. um, like or sex offense rate related okay. criminal history. So, you know, Harvey's history is all drugs, um, drug related. Uh, you know, he's, he's not on the face of, like I said, his file, somebody that we would consider for the program. But we evaluate him and we talk to him. Um, the case managers come up and they'll interview him and then they come and they talk to the judge about it. And, you know, we take risks on some of these guys. It's worth a, it's worth the effort. If Harvey had gotten into the program and really didn't care, uh, really wasn't trying, I always have that prison option to back it up. And in order That's to get... That's pretty scary, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> How many times did you say you've been there? I've been to state jail four times and to TDC once. So. Uh. Yeah. It's, you know, that's pretty amazing. And he's not the only one I've that's come into the program that's been successful that has been to prison at a time or two. Well, that's amazing. So Judge Hamilton saw something in you. Yes. And so it kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to go thank her. You know, get a chance. You to do talk. need to go thank her. I, I bet she'd appreciate that. Well, I was going to go one day, but she was in a meeting, you know, when I was up there that day. But so I didn't get a chance. She's to a very caring individual. And she's very, very involved very in a lot nice. of different things in Montgomery County. As I can see that, you she's, know, Judge Brand is very compassionate as well. Participant. Uh, but, you know, coming from my my background and being a prosecutor for 20-something years, I had no idea how meaningful working with these folks is. Um, getting to know him and getting to know the other participants is really has gotten to the point. I've been on the bench for about 18 months now. This is my favorite day. You know, Thursdays when I get to see my drug court people. I get to find out how they're doing. You know, it's not always good days. I mean, there's days where they're messing up. Unlike Harvey, I have a lot of people that that struggle with relapse, and we understand that relapse is part of the is part of the process. So we don't always have good days with these people. Sometimes they're really mad at me, but you know, I'll, the vast majority of folks and an incredible success rate race of rate of people that get through the program and emerge on the other side, productive, value valuable members of, of society. And uh, Harvey's family showed up at his graduation, talked about how they, this was a guy they really didn't even know, this sober Harvey. Um, he How'd was, that make you feel? Oh, it made me feel good. I've never been talked about like Judge Grant talked about me at my graduation in my whole life, you know. That made me feel really That's good. That's wonderful. Well, it's about, it's about really caring about him. I don't get a lot of time with him. I mean, I, I really only get a couple minutes a week with each individual. But, you know, what I think they know and what I try to, I try to connect with them personally a little bit, learn something a little bit about them, about their kids or their job situation or their home situation, or if they've been sick, you know, you, you learn little things about them and you make sure that they know that you care, that you want to be there to help them be successful, that if they need something, they can always reach out to us and let us know. Um, and a lot of them have never had somebody in their lives that have cared about them the way that the drug court people do. Well, and that's encouraging. That helps them move forward. You're forming a relationship with them. Absolutely. And when you have that relationship, that means it's two-way. It can't just be you trying to do the right thing, but it works together so that you know that you have that backup, that, that somebody really cares. And they're going to make you accountable, mm-hmm. but that they care. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to hear a little bit more from you, and then we're also going to hear from uh, Gary. Okay, I am Margie Taylor, Conroe Culture News, and we'll be right back. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in Western Swing, Honky Tonk, Zydeco, Texas Blues, Outlaw Country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube. 
and heard on our podcast, FM and Internet Radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. your host for Conroe Culture News at Lone Star Community Radio, downtown Conroe, every Monday at noon. So if you want to be a guest or, hey, maybe you want to sponsor the show, I'm up for it. Uh, you can uh, contact me at the station or you can go Margie at TaylorizePR.com or send me a message on Facebook, Taylorize PR or Conroe Culture News. So we are here today talking about Montgomery County Drug Court with Judge Phil Grant and uh, some of the people that have uh, graduated from the program. And it's always good to hear how the program made a difference in their life and they're on the path to success. So we were just hearing from um, Harvey Schultz who is working with uh, Judge Phil Grant. He is a graduate, and we're going to hear a little bit in just a minute from Gary Prince, who is a graduate from the drug program as well last week. Did uh, you? Yeah, last, last week. week. Okay, so you're like fresh, fresh, fresh. <laughs> so he can tell us all the inside, and he worked with um, Judge Patty McGinnis. So, uh, Harvey, tell me, so what's your life like now? Oh, my God, it's, uh, it's great, like, since I graduated the program with the with Judge Grant's blessing, I got to go work at a job that I have to leave the state to work. I'm I'm gone for two weeks. Um, I work in the oil field, making good money. I'm making really good money now, more money than I've ever made in my life, you know. And just you know, I got but you're my, saving and using it. Well, yeah. Well, I kind of just just started, so I mean. Okay. But I, that's the plan. I'm going to be making enough money to good. save easily. Good. So and you have a family. And I have you know my fiance Sarah and my my little boy Elliot. He's two. wonderful. You know, and everything's just great. I mean, Much better. Oh, yeah. I'm clear-headed. I feel good. I mean. So this is the first time in like 20-plus years. Oh, yeah. First time. So what would you attribute that success to? Um, Really, um, you know, the chance to even just the chance to be in drug court. You know, what happened with, with drug court is that once, you know, I've wanted, I wanted to get sober for a while. I just didn't know how. I was scared to. So, you know, the accountability of the program, you know, kept me honest and sober long enough to realize, you know what, hey, this is a lot better than the lifestyle I was living, you know, I don't have to worry about looking over my shoulder for the cops. I'm not ever, always worried about going to jail. You know, it's just a lot better lifestyle. You oh seem gosh. to have some self-confidence in you as well. Oh, yeah. It's not easy to just come on a radio show and oh, talk no. about it either. No. I've been, I've been nervous know? about this. So, that's, <laughs> nah, nervous, really? Yeah. <laughs> so we also have uh, sitting here, Gary Prince. Welcome, Gary. Hello. And uh, you're excited yeah. to be on the radio show, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's exciting to be able to talk about this and what kind of impact it made in your life. So have you had uh, some, also some success through the program? Yeah, well, definitely. I, um, so I've been on regular probation, and uh, that was about three years of regular probation, and I constantly got away with everything. I was, you know, smoking, drinking, doing whatever, just getting away with it just because, you know, you're being smart about it, but you really, you're not being smart about your own life and future. And then um, I got caught trying to falsify a drug test, spent three months in jail, got out, decided to stay sober, sober for just a little bit, and got caught up with the same people, same rap, same group, got kicked out, lost my car, you know, like lost everything for school. And then uh, I failed a, a drug test for alcohol, and they're like, look, we're going to go into drug court. And then long story short, I, I definitely successfully changed my life with the assistance of drug court and all the things that didn't have before. Now I do. I'm, I'm back in school. I paid all my dues back. I got a new car. You know what I mean? All my family relationships are way better. Things are just completely different. Even me, I can't even look back and see the old person that I, I used Did to Did you lose a lot of relationships with friends and family? Did they kind of give up on you? Oh yeah. I mean, they just, it's, I think it's a matter of trust. Like they just couldn't trust the person that I was. I mean, they're like, we don't know what sporadic decision you're going to make next so like now they can they can say like hey like we we love you trust you we want you to be at every family outing like it's it's way different it's a way different experience to be wanted in in the most genuine way so what was the experience like when you graduated last week from drug court um honestly kind of kind of scary i didn't want to leave scary scary and why was it scary did <sighs> you have that uh, those boundaries that guidance there right Support. Yeah, support. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved texting. You know, I, I, every time I took an exam, 
I, I texted Lori, like, I mean, so far I've made A's on every exam. I'm taking four classes right now. I'm in, uh, full time. So I've made A's on every exam and I've texted her every single test. And it feels awesome to be able to get that gratification of like, hey, like, you know, she's proud of every step I'm making. And so is everybody else in that office. And I mean, they still are. Too. Oh, yeah. Judge McGinnis, definitely. Every time I go on there, it's really amazing to be able to be able to have it. I mean, like, they still are there, though. I mean, that's something hard. I got to remember. It's like, they're still there. So, What was uh, the best part of drug court for you? What really helped you get uh, through the program? You know what? I guess I can say this as the best and worst. Maybe Harvey can relate is uh, there was a point where you go from you go from looking at your past decisions to straight up reflection. And that self-reflection is a hard, hard time. And that's what, that's what I said is best and worst. This is the worst because you go through this really hard self-reflection where you're trying to detach yourself from your past. But once you do that, you are able to honestly just look forward. And once you look forward, you close all the doors that, you know, you had all those demons in and you start opening all your future, start opening all these doors and you know, all you see is the light. And then you have self-awareness and it is this, this selfless way of loving everybody around you and yourself, honestly. So I imagine it was really hard when you first started. What got you motivated to keep going? Man, so I was living in my buddy's apartment. I said I was kicked out of my family's house on his couch. And uh, I should probably, honestly, I, I probably woke up the next day pretty hungover. And she was like, you know what? You caught, you failed a drug test for alcohol. I was like, oh, no, no way. Yeah, well, obviously, I knew I did. And, you know, it was crazy when she said it. It was just it was a comfort that I needed. Like I needed that guidance, you know, the real me, the real me that's sheltered inside from all the, the lifestyles that I've been just filtering up that, uh, that real me was super excited just to have that guidance. It's like, I know I want to be, so I want I want to live a life of sobriety and make the good choices that I need to make. You know, long story short, I took over that lease of that apartment and I, I, everybody that was around me was smoking and drinking. I just never did it. And once you start, uh, it was really awesome. I don't know. Long story short, it, the the, begin, the beginning feeling of getting into it was more frightening because you just didn't know. For me, it was a matter of not having a clue what my future holds. And that's uh, the fear of the unknown is a pretty big fear. Well, you said something about just letting go. You have to just let go to it's, change, right? I think the the best word I can use is obedience. Once you start having, like, you know, once you just start being obedient with your choices, you know that the outcomes are going to be good. You're, you don't know what they are, but you know they're going to be good if you, if you, you know, I guess it's just a, you kind of like uh, the law of how it works. You know, you put in, you put in good, good comes out. You know, it's input output. It's just how it works. <laughs> I like the way you say that. Yeah. That was really very well thought. So it, are these guys kind of typical of some of your graduates? Well, I think you've got a really good view of the tight, two different extremes that mm -hmm. we can, that the program could be successful for. I mean, you have a young man who was just on the start of his adult life who is making a lot of bad decisions and just needs somebody to really give him some structure and some mm -hmm. to teach him how to live that life. And then you have somebody who's been in the lifestyle for 20 years and is just ready to, to do just to change. Do something life. different. Yeah. Cause it's not <laughs> do it working. a different way. Right. You know, I, you know, <laughs> so this program, because it is so individual and because the folks that run it, um, you know, are really, really talented uh, case managers, they, they just, they understand that each person is different. That's kind of why we've separated out the two age groups. We know that in general, and everybody's unique, but in general, uh, Gary needs a different type of structure than Harvey does. Um, and so having those two groups kind of separated out so that we can, we can attack the problems differently, uh, is helpful. So, uh, I think it's great that you get to see both sides of the coin here, the participants that we can be help can be helped. Right. You have one that's uh, working for the refinery is about to go out of state and do some travel and make some money. And uh, then we have Gary over here who's going to school. You're going to Lone Star. Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm going to Lone Star because uh, I'm trying to honestly pay most of that I can. Um, well, Lone Star to, has, is a great education. Right, right. And so I'm getting my grants back next semester. Uh, everything that I kind of messed up, I get it all back next semester. So I'll be able to pay for my school and continue on to transfer after that. I have about 50 or 60 credits, so I'm already kind of there to transfer. Well, good for you. It's nice to hear the good side of things. And I understand from having uh, Judge McGinnis on my show before, she said that y'all don't wear the robes, that you approach them just in your clothes. Sometimes she 
wearing jeans or whatever. Yeah. She's a little bit more more liberal about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, liberal so, in her dress than I am. She's but pretty comfortable. Yeah. I don't wear a robe. I come down. You know, I don't do anything from the bench. You know, it really, every single person comes up. You shake their hand. You ask them how their day is going. If there's, sub, there's a challenge, you know, we had a lot of there's people. There's less formality. There's a lot less formality. It's not about it's not really about the judge defendant relationship anymore. It's about, you know, Hey, here's a, here's somebody I sometimes I'm going to have to make hard decisions. I'm going to have to send you to inpatient treatment, lockdown treatment. If you're really cannot, cannot break a addiction cycle, you know, in the short term, or maybe I got to send you to jail for the weekend if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But 90, you know, I'm also there if you've got a new baby, you know, and I, I ask you how the baby's doing. So it, it is about relationship. I think it is important for them to know there's a judge that's going to hold them accountable. If they do mess up, there has to be that negative consequence. Uh, but, you know, they also know that there's there's forgiveness and grace. Uh, it's a know, relationship. Yes, it is a relationship. It's true and it's valid, but they're still going to be accountable. Right. Right. Okay. I'm there to hold them accountable, but at the same time, I'm there to encourage them and support them right. and tell them I think they're doing a great job when they're doing a great job. Because we do have people that struggle, unlike Harvey, on the front end, and they do relapse a bunch. And we have to send them to treatment or we do have to put them in jail for a couple weekends, you know, for them to, okay, this is serious. i, I got to get back on track. Um, you know, we had a lot of people that had problems during Harvey. I mean, when you have people that their whole life is just destroyed, they don't have a... You know, they've lost their home. They've lost their car. Sometimes they're going to make a mistake and go back to things that they think are well, going to provide some them comfort. they had some new challenges with the storm, right. and it made them lapse a little bit. And we had guys that were doing great, and then Harvey hit. They lost everything, and they yeah. started having problems. And we had to kind of work them through that. You know, um, sometimes they got to spend a little time in jail and sober up just to get away from the drugs for a, for a week or so. And then you get them, you know, you let them out, and you get them into intensive individual counseling, um, something like that to get them back on the right track. And we have a couple of people. We, we luckily, even though we had some people with challenges after Harvey, they've all they've all gotten back on the right track. It's funny you brought up the Harvey situation because I was re recently reading reading an article about, you know, kind of addiction. And uh, one of the funny things, I thought it was kind of funny just the way it was said, but uh, it says, uh, yeah, I'm so used to knowing what to do when I get sad. And, uh, and I go so true, you know what I mean? Whenever you, you get down, you kind of just, you know, exactly what to go to. It's just that immediate impulsive reaction. It's just now, now that you, you have the clear head and you, you kind of you have to think about and process your actions whenever you're, you're, you're upset or down. You have to think about how to handle the situation in a proper manner. And uh, that takes a lot of, you know, self-consulting, <laughs> honestly. Well, that's very true. And I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, you're rethinking how to handle situations and... So that's part of the program too, right? Right. You know, it, when you have a challenge, you're going to have a challenge your whole life. There's something is going to happen. It, you know, unless you're like really special, nothing bad ever happens, but it, it happens. How do you deal with it? Right. You know? So it sounds like it's an individualized program. It is very. So no two people necessarily go through it the same way. And it, it's not structured in the fact that, okay, you're going to graduate in nine months or whatever. No. It does, it's all dependent on the person and how they developed the things that they need to conquer. I still have people in the, the program that have been in the program for four or five years. And like Harvey okay. said, you know, there's a lot of people that are very resistant to being out of the program because they have found success. It's scary. This is working. I don't want to try, you know, I don't want to risk going back to what I was before. And we have to kind of like the eagle, the mom of the eagle's nest. I mean, you have to push them out a little bit. You know, so I have some folks that I'm really keeping my thumb on and saying, okay, it's time to finish. You know, I trust you. You're, it's time for you to graduate. It's time for you to get back to, you know, to be your own person. You're ready. And uh, some of them have a real hard time with that because this is the first time in their lives they've been sober you know, all these real, all these good things are happening in their lives. They're and just they're a little afraid, afraid, yeah. That it's all going to go away if they don't graduate. But the good thing is, or when they graduate, the good thing is, is we're there. You know, if they do, they do go out and they do mess up. You know, we're there, and you know, we're not, we're not, we don't disappear. I mean, if Harvey needs something on his probation, you know, if he's having a hard time, 
I'm always going to be there to support him and see if we can work it, work it out and work it through because I have that relationship with him now. And I know well, see, that, that's, level. you just hit on the thing that you have that relationship. Right. So you form that relationship back and forth, like what we talked about, which provides them structure, provides them accountability. And they know you're going to be there for them, right. but you're going to, you're going to cut it off if they do something wrong. Right. You know, so you have that. And I see, you know, Harvey shaking his head. Yes, that's it. So it's scary when you have to go fly away. Um, but that's why you you test your limits of, you know, are you ready to move on? Because at some point you need to be moving on or else the program's not working. Now, right. Not, I would not have been as liberal with Harvey taking the kind of job that he he has now where he's out of state. It's a flexible schedule. There's, you know, we're going to have to work with to work around Harvey's work schedule and not government doesn't necessarily isn't flexible by nature. So, uh, you know, that's hard for probation. You're taking an active role in helping him out. You have to, you have to say, listen, he's, he's earned it, you know, 13 months of sobriety without a blip. He's earned it. Uh, and I want him to be successful. I want him to be able to, to support his family. And if this is the best job opportunity for him, because I have that relationship with him and I know how well he's done and how hard he's worked, uh, I'm going to work with him and make sure that he can be successful in the long run. So You probably don't want to let him down either, no, right? not at all. <laughs> You're going to feel I'm like so crap if something bad happens. Oh, I'm so th- oh nothing. I mean, I, You're going to keep it going. Oh, yeah. Once I, I mean, I've already okay. made that, that decision up in my, in my own mind that, you know, that's it. I'm done. So Good for you. Yes, and you have a young son out here, mm-hmm. almost two, and your soon-to-be wife, so, and they're here supporting you. And, Gary, you just have so much confidence boiling out of you. I'm excited. It's, uh, just, it's kind of scary, though. Um, I, I have more confidence in my, in my future than my past, though. So that, that's, that's the best part. That's the right way to go. <laughs> so we're going to take another break here, then come back for our last segment. And uh, you can find out more about drug court at mctx.org. And then you hit the D and then you go down to drug court. And that'll give you all the information you need. So we'll be right back. I'm Margie Taylor, Conroe Culture News, Lone Star Community Radio. We'll be right back. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Hey, Montgomery County, it's me, C.C. Holmes, and I would personally like to take this time to invite you, that's right, you, to join me every Saturday and Sunday from 3 until 7 p.m., where I will bring you the very best, the very best of smooth jazz, classic jazz, and indeed, yes, the soulful sounds of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So come along and get jazzy with me. That's right, jazzy. <laughs> right here, of course, on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongstar.com. Hello, I'm Margie Taylor, and we are back for our last segment on Conroe Culture News on this Monday, December 11th. Did you know it's two weeks till Christmas? Uh. Just throwing that out there. I know. Panic, panic, panic. I have four grandkids, and I decided I needed to shop yesterday. (laughs) So it's just a little scary thought. So, uh, but we'll get through it. You know, who doesn't love the holidays? Come on, come on. Good spirit, good cheer. And we're talking about good things happening today, as we try to always talk about good things on on Conroe Culture News. So we're talking about drug court. And it looks like Judge Patty McGinnis is not going to make it here today, but that's okay. We have three great guys sitting here at the table with me. We have Judge Phil Grant, and we have uh, Gary Prince and Harvey Schultz, past graduates of the program. Harvey graduated in September, and Gary graduated like last week. But you didn't get there all by yourselves, right? No. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Who, who helped you in this process? Um, for me, it was uh, Debbie. You know, Debbie's the one that interviewed me. Who's Debbie? She is one of the, uh, one of the, 
people? Diversion officers. <laughs> Diversion <laughs> officers. Diversion kind of officers. Kind of your case manager. Okay. Uh, you know, they're there. Uh, they can, I, I don't know that these ladies ever sleep because they're always answering their phone. Um, you know, they get text messages if somebody's having an issue or, you know, they're just, they're always available to help guide these guys. And, and they kind of help design the specific treatment plan with, they need individual counseling where they need to go to groups. You know, they, they manage the, the steps that they take, you know, and it's, uh, Kristen Arnold is in, is the head of the drug court program. And I think it's important to talk about all the hard work that she's oh, done. Absolutely. Not only in developing this program, but also obtaining funding through state and federal grants, uh, which are, you know, is always helpful. Um, but, you know, it, it's a true collaborative effort. And that's what is really different about these programs from in their nature. Um, and it requires a different way of thinking from the district attorney's office perspective. Um, and because they they collaborate, they're there in all of our team meetings, the this district attorney's office has a representative there. Um, and the, we meet with the case manager, Kristen's there, uh, counselors are there, uh, people from Tri-County, because we do have some folks with mental health issues will be there. And we, we talk about our folks and what's going on with them and how, how best to address any specific issues that they have. How often do they meet? We meet weekly. Okay. Um, not every drug court participant has to come every week. When you're brand new, you do. Um, but every Thursday afternoon is when my drug court meets, Wednesday afternoons are when Judge McGinnis's drug court meets. Um, and we spend about 30 minutes or so in staffing or we're just the team uh, behind the scenes talking about each individual person and what's going on. If there's anything that I as the judge need to address, if there's consequences that we need to hand out, we figure out what those, those need to be as a team. Um, if there's a treatment situation we need to send somebody to treatment we track down the right facility and we talk about the different things because uh, different facilities have different you can bring your kids to some of these treatment facilities some of them are better for young men some of them are better mm -hmm. for for women um you know so we try to evaluate an inpatient treatment program that's going to work best for that individual and then we go out and we do we meet with every single one of the drug court people they come up and they you know we check in with them and we just see how they're doing I look them in their face, I shake their hand, you know, we try to figure out what's going on and, and if they've got any issues, they can talk to me about it at that time. So the whole process in my court takes about an hour, hour and a half, maybe for Judge McGinnis. And, um, you know, so we try to, like I said, I try to be really respectful of these guys' times because they spend a lot of time down at the drug court offices and in the counseling places uh, working on things. How, how much time uh, did you spend at first, Harvey, at, when well, you first started? At first, it's um, you have to take five UAs a week, and then you have to go to five, five. Wow. five groups a week, and you have to see your diversion officer once a week and go to court once a week. Did you work while you were doing this? Uh, you try. You know, you gotta you gotta get a job that works with your very drug flexible. Court, works with your drug court schedule. Because wow, because drug court getting sober. First. I mean, that, that's the critical part on that mm -hmm. front end is really getting sober. A lot of these people, it, you know, they're still under the influence when they're checking out of jail and they're starting the drug court program. So that's why it's so intense on the front end. Um, so how many hours a week do you think? Ten, maybe the first? Yeah, probably. To start off? About ten. And then it gradually tapers down mm -hmm. as they as they move through the different phases of the program. Did you start with about ten hours a week, Gary? Oh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. And uh, it's. It's pretty intense. I didn't have a car, so I was walking downtown Conroe. And you do what summer. you had to do, right? <laughs> yeah. That's hard to do without a vehicle, um, <laughs> you know. Is. But it's it's super intense on the front end, and then as you get towards mm -hmm. graduation, you know, maybe it's one or two hours a week. Yes. The yeah. It, it, the UA kind of, frequency yeah. drops off as we get confident that they're not using. It gets scary towards the end because you're the things you're doing are so far in between. You feel like you're forgetting something. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Like as at first, it's all the time, so you know you're not forgetting because you're always doing something for drug court. But that's what I liked about it was the accountability and the, you know how personal the program was. You know they get to know your family and everything, and you know you're just held accountable for everything you're doing. So there's no room to mess up. It just gives you time to, you know, realize. It gives you time to you know even just realize how great being sober is. You know. Yeah. Well, you guys are a great tribute to the program, and I think it's an honor to be in your presence, you know, because you've come a long way. Um, I, I do know how hard that is. I have seen that in my family, and I, I just think it's wonderful that you took the time to come on here and tell your story. 
so that other people can see that it can happen, whether, you know, you're older and you've had 20 years, you've been in prison, you, you've been in the state penitentiary, or you're starting out and you just can't seem to get off the roundabout and go in the right direction, you know, it happens and it happens. So you just need good people like uh, Judge Grant, Judge McGinnis, and uh, others that have helped mentor you, all the collaborations that happen, because it isn't just one person. It's a it's a village that is helping you. And uh, I'm glad we live in a county that cares about turning lives around and making them successful. So if there's somebody who wants to get involved, an individual or family member, or if you know somebody that this might be a good thing for them, they go to mctx.org, and then there's a drop-down with A to D, I think. You hit D and go to the drug court. It's pretty easy to find. And there will be a video and a podcast of this available um, no later than Wednesday-ish, something like that. And it will be shared on Conroe Culture News, Taylorized PR. It will be on LinkedIn. It'll be all over the place. So tune in and uh, stay involved in this. Next week, we will hear from Kelly Rafat, a camp registrar and relationship marketing director from the YMCA, Camp Cullen, and hopefully Duke Kuhn of Conroe City Council and Mayor Toby Powell. I am very thankful to uh, Judge Phil Grant for taking the time to come out here today. Thanks for having us. And uh, these recent graduates that are sharing their story. And these are fine young men, and I would like to hear later in life, have you come back on and talk about all the success that you're having? And hopefully maybe you can mentor some other people to get involved in this. That would be, you know, pay it forward kind of thing. So uh, Gary Prince and uh, Harvey Schultz, thank you so very much. I'm Margie Taylor, Conroe Culture News. Have a great day. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.